Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Jason Fitz, Monica McNutt, sitting with Keyshawn. Yes, We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. It's 4th of July weekend. We got fireworks coming this weekend. We had fireworks last night in the NBA as the Bucks came out and got it done without Giannis against the Hawks, who obviously were without Trey Young. So there's a lot to take away from the game, most notably what they did and what can move forward into game six, which will be, by the way, tomorrow night on ESPN Radio. You do not want to miss it. So we'll head straight over to the Goodyear Hotline where we're joined by John Barry, ESPN Radio NBA analyst. You've heard him on the call. So, John, what adjustments were made in this game that helped the Bucks actually get this done? Uh, basically, they tried harder. I think in game four, you know, hearing the news of Trey Young, they just kind of relaxed and, you know, weren't ready for a wounded animal, if you will, that just played harder and played with desperation and determination. And uh, nothing much changed. I mean, I I think Mike Bunozer decided to stay big for the better part of the game, started Bobby Portis uh, in place of Giannis. And that big lineup stayed out there. Uh, So, they switched everything. Brooke Lopez did a good job when he switched out on the guards. And obviously, offensively, Brooke Lopez was terrific. And Milwaukee pounded the paint, 28 points in the paint in that first quarter, and that was kind of a knockout blow. JB, how if Trey Young was able to go, how would that have changed the game as a whole? Not just Milwaukee's thought process, but the game as a whole. Well, I, well first for Milwaukee, they – they were switching everything in game one, and Trey Young had 48 points. Uh, so they started to go small, you know, throughout the next couple of ball games. So I, I don't know if Mike Bunozer will do that again in game six if Trey Young goes. Uh, and obviously for Atlanta, I mean, he, he, he's the centerpiece of everything they do. So uh, we watched him warm up. Uh, it was very brief, and he was in, in major discomfort, uh, just really had nothing for that right foot. And uh, I don't know what the status will be for Saturday. Uh, they're obviously in a must-win situation. So if he has an opportunity to go, I, I think we're going to see him. When you watched him watch, uh, warm up, could you – the little bit that you saw, though, even though he didn't play in game five and you've been, in, you know, you've been on the court before, no, did it look like, okay, if he rests up a little bit more, a couple more days, that he may be able to possibly go in game six? No, it, it it was. I mean, he couldn't plant every time he jumped and landed on it. It was he was grimacing, and uh, I don't know what another whatever thirty six hours till the next game will do. I, I would, I would just tend to guess, and I, I doubt that we see him. I don't think we see Giannis. I mean, a, a knee sprain of that magnitude. I, I can't imagine that he could play within you know at least a week to ten days. Um, I, I think they're both going to be out and. Uh, so I don't know what we're going to see. I mean, uh, Milwaukee's a box of chocolates. I, I never know what we're going to get on a <laughs> night-to-night basis, so I don't know if they can finish it off tomorrow night. That is such a nice way to describe <laughs> the ups and downs that the Milwaukee Bucks come with, John. All right, so look, uh, we go back to Atlanta for the next game. I, 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 it felt like to me a lot of last night was powered by home court advantage, and State Farms Arena is going to be absolutely rocking. If you had to implement a strategy for the Hawks to get this done, what is it? Uh, well, I think they got away from their ball movement. Um, in game four, without Trey, they had 26 assists, I believe, in that game. And and the ball was hopping. 
And I, I thought last night they just fell into a lot of one-on-one, a lot of contested jump shots, uh, and, and they're they're not going to be able to win a game that way. And uh, they need to move it. They need to play better defense. And, again, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, is how you come out and your demeanor and your desperation and determination. And last night, clearly, it was Milwaukee. And game four, clearly, was Atlanta. So if both stars are out again, I mean, it should be a level playing field. Both of these teams are playing for, obviously, the big prize to get to the NBA Finals. That shouldn't be an issue. Uh, but, you know, schematically, Atlanta has to trust one another a little bit more and get out of that one-on-one offense. John, a couple of times you've mentioned sort of the effort and the explosiveness from Game 4 for Atlanta, from Game 5 for Milwaukee. Why is it so maddeningly inconsistent? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think obviously in Game 4, when you find out Trey Young's out and you're up 2-1, I, I think Milwaukee just felt like, hey, we put our uniforms on, walk out there, uh, we're winning this game because they're going to be deflated. They don't have their best player. And that's not the way it works. Uh, I mean, these guys are professional players, too. And when a star goes down, there's opportunity for somebody to step up. And a lot of people stepped up for Atlanta in Game 4, and a lot of people stepped up last night for Milwaukee. Obviously, Portis goes into the starting lineup. He played great. Brooke Lopez had a career high in, in his playoffs. So, um it's a challenge, and, and guys should be ready. I, I mean, that should never be a question, how hard you're going to play in a ball game, particularly when you're in the Eastern Conference Finals. John Barry, ESPN NBA analyst, joined us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. John, what Chris Paul in the finals took the Suns down, you know, being the leader, knocked 41 down the other night, came over from OKC. What would Phoenix be? It was all about the Lakers coming out of the West, maybe even the Clippers. But Chris Paul – has found himself resting up and smoking cigars, enjoying this moment right now. What does this do for his legacy, getting the Suns into the finals? Well, I'm just happy for him because I can't think of another NBA player that deserves to get a shot at a title uh, than him. He's had so many heartaches, a couple of 3-1 lead in conference finals uh, that they blew, and he never got an opportunity. Um to do what he did the other night. He had the best half of basketball he probably's had in 16 years, 31 points and, and putting a team away. Uh, he was sensational. And uh, he's been an incredible point guard for all of those years, a, a tremendous leader. And to finally validate that with a trip uh, to the NBA Finals, I guess he needed it. I mean, I know he wanted it more than anybody. And you know how tough people are on players if you don't get it done. Um I think they're going to get it done. No one's played better than Phoenix. No one's played more consistent basketball than the Phoenix Suns. And uh, I I'm, couldn't be more excited for a guy that uh, has really meant a lot to this, this league and uh, obviously has meant a lot to the Phoenix Suns. John, as always, we appreciate your time. You're grinding. You're doing great work. Uh, don't, don't forget to check out. John will be on the call for Game 6 tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. John, travel safe, my friend. Thanks so much for giving us the insight. Okay, you got it. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Monica McNutt, Jason Fitz, sitting with Keyshawn Johnson. Speaking of Chris Paul, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. We're going to do a little bit of uh, resume action. So yeah. we're going to play a game here, a little blind resume. First of all, let me just say that this game was birthed out of y'all tripping yesterday. Uh, throw this while your eyes are behind that paper. Birthed out of y'all tripping? Y'all tripping. Okay. Okay. Does that mean you came up with the idea? Is that what what we're saying? Like, Monica, you Uh, came up with the idea? Yes, this is my idea. This is my little baby for the show today, my contribution. And y'all tripping, just to uh, 
clarify is that you guys were not thinking correctly yesterday when you were trying to have an honest conversation about how legacy is defined when we talk about NBA players. So come on, let's go. All right, so we're going to do a little blind resume fun here. They'll give us a resume. We don't know what players what, and then we'll decide who's the best of these, right? Like, So that's that's the basic scoop of what we're going to do. This is all birthed from Monica McNutt. <laughs> Things go, I never thought I'd ahead. say on morning radio. <laughs> and uh, all right, let's go. Let's, uh, let's see what we got here. Please say Evan. y'all tripping for me. Uh, y'all tripping. There you go. Uh, I, I'd like to say it a little more stilted. Y'all are tripping. Uh, there you go. I'm going to put the G on the end of it and really make everybody and uncomfortable. And add an R. Mm-hmm, all right, yeah. so uh, up first we've got a resume that gives us eight All-Star appearances, seven All-NBA appearances, and five assist championships. Or five times they led the league in assists. We've got uh, next resume, we've got ten All-Stars, 11 All-NBA, and nine assist champs. And then lastly, we have 11 All-Stars, 10 All-NBAs, and four-time assist champ. So these are, they didn't, did they win a championship or not win a championship? It doesn't matter. None of them have won a championship. None None of of these players have won a championship. So are we ranking these then? Is that what we want to do is rank them one, two, three? I think you're trying to guess who the players are. We're trying to guess. I know the names. We'll just produce the show on the air trying to guess who the players are. Okay, perfect. So why would you be Okay, come I'm on. Not me you. I mean, I got no idea. Like, like, okay, oh. these are point guards, right? I, yes. I got no. it. No, yeah. not all. One may be a point guard. One of them's a point guard. I got it. All right, what you got? So which one? Uh, who's, first? The, who's the first one? Evan. Which one's the first one? <laughs> no, you're supposed to guess. Oh, oh, I thought Evan was teeing it up. Okay. All-star, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. You're, so you're guessing Chris Paul is the eight-time all-star, seven all-NBA teams, and five-time assist champs. I was actually going to take Chris Paul as the middle one. I was, that's John Stockton, the middle one. You think that's John Stockton in the middle? I think that's John Stockton in the middle. Okay. I, I think that, the, that that's – I think John Stockton would be all the way to the right, though. 11 All-Stars, 10 all-time, All-NBA championships. I mean, I feel like – Should we give clues, guys? Yeah, give me a clue here. Like, well, this I don't is, have – Evan, Evan has to give a clues if yeah, he's way, clues. Way to put this together, Monica. I'm glad my name's uh, You know what? <laughs> Why don't I give you the options? Chris Paul, Steve Nash, John Stockton. Guess which one is which. Stockton is in the middle. I think Stockton's all the way to the right. And I'm going to put Chris Paul in the middle. I'm going to put Chris Paul all the way to the left. Okay. All right, let's see what we got here. You want to show us? All right, so we have Nash, eight eight All-Star, seven All-NBA, five-time assist champion. Stockton in the middle, 10, 11, and 9. (laughs) Chris Paul all the way to the right, 11, 10, and 4. Wow. Yeah, no, the reason the reason I could pick Stockton in the middle because of the 10 All-Star appearances and the nine, nine assist assists. champion yeah, going to, all yeah. time. That's, that's how I got it. That's smart. Good job, guys. That was smart. I don't, was it a good job, though? You Monica? guys want to go to another? We've fun. kind of figured it out. Let's Come go on, to another one. Yeah, let's let's, it let's out see how it goes. How it goes. Okay. There you go. Okay, right, got now this. we got a plan. He missed that shot in case anybody's watching on TV. Okay. All right, so one of these is Chris Paul. One of these is Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. One of these is Sir Charles Barkley. Nobody has won a title. Okay, well, we just saw the Chris Paul number, so this is a little like memory. So I think Chris Paul's in the middle, but I, I've partied a lot in my uh, 30s, so I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. I think Chris Paul's in the I middle. Think you're right. With 11 All-Star appearances and 10 All-NBA. Uh, and uh, I'm going to take, oh, see, this is hard. Key? No, it's not. Okay, the last got? one is Mello, the, the first one is Barkley, and the middle is CP3. I'll agree with that. That makes sense. 
Look at that. Job, team. That is Good well job, done. Guys. That is well done. Charles Barkley with the 11 All-Stars and 11 All-NBA teams. We are crushing All this All right, we now. got one more. One no, more. We got did that. Well, let's, <laughs> look, you're Batman. I'm Robin. There ain't no doubt about that. Right? We're together on yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just running one through this. One of these is Patrick Ewing. One of these is Chris Paul. One of these is Tracy McGrady. Okay, so I'm going to put Tracy McGrady in the middle. Uh, Tracy McGrady's, uh, my guess would be seven. We have seven All-Stars, seven All-NBA, none All-Defensive team. I'll put Tracy McGrady in the middle, and then I will put, what you said, Chris Paul. We already know which one, 11 and 10 and 9. So that's Chris Paul on the left. No, and that means, you, you know 9? We haven't done All-Defensive. No, but we know the All-Star and All-NBA is 11 and 10. So No, I would say first is Patrick Ewing, McGrady in the middle, Chris Paul to the right. McGrady never made That's an it. defensive team. Is that Where, is that right? Oh, Chris Paul to the left, yeah, McGrady right. in the middle, Ewing to the right. I was yeah. right. Yeah, you got. Yeah, I was right. right. You said the same thing. Woo! I didn't realize, but I didn't realize that. Team. I didn't realize Patrick Ewing would only be all three all defensive. I thought yeah, he would have I more. Would have been yeah, more I'm a little yeah. surprised by that. I wonder if how much of that has to do with era and how many great players were you know on those all defensive teams. That's the context that I think is always difficult. Like yeah. whenever you hear somebody in the NFL and they're like, "Well, he's never gotten an MVP vote," and it's like, "Well, you only get to vote for one person in yeah. that league." Like so, context matters a little and bit. Then, and then I'm assuming all defensive team is we're talking about first team, not second team or third Are team. We? Okay. That's, Where are we? I, I, I'm assuming that means all first team people, right? I think it meant all first team. Because I'm, I'm sure Patrick Ewing Tracy got some McGrady second team all defensive, right? Uh, you would think. You would have yeah. to. Uh, so, I mean, all of that speaks to Monica's point that uh, we were tripping yesterday in talking about uh, what is still necessary for Chris Paul's uh, resume or what's still necessary for him to accomplish. And I think that was a big conversation, guys, yesterday. Uh, and, and the one thing that I felt really hit me, even listening to ESPN throughout the course of the day, is everybody was saying, like, it's finally accomplished. He's made a finals. But I will, I will say, yeah, is, is yeah. just making the finals, especially this year when, like it or not, I think there are going to be people that, that, that try and asterisk this year. Uh, yeah, I'm not man. going to. But <laughs> and the asterisk makes me so mad. Yeah, like, come on, man. You still got to play. But you said yesterday, and I think smartly said on first take, it takes away the butt for yeah, Chris Paul. It's a, but, it's a, but if you lose the championship in a year. It's just a conversation. I mean, if you lose it, does it, does it really take away no, the butt? he's going to be. But look, the dude got four more years of basketball left, right? He got three. He got two really Chris Paul years. He got a teach me year. Then he got me I love everybody year. So he's got about. <laughs> Farewell tour. Yeah. The love I, everybody loves me. Yeah. Farewell so tour is the best. That's the, the, the four years that he has left. He still has a large body of work to do. I get it. We can put him in the top five point guards of all times right now if you just want to do it and shed everybody else out. Fine. But I don't do that. I want to wait to see the dude finish. He might, he might all of a sudden fall into two Are championships. Are you backtracking? No, I'm not back. Okay, because yesterday you said that you won. His legacy was good with or without the championship in your yeah, mind. Yeah, but I but you wanted to be complete. You want his career to be ended before you start ranking and doing this and doing that. Kid, that's that's not me. how we do it. I, but that's how, that's how I do it. I, I don't well, follow what everybody I, else do. I, I, I said, know. You are if I follow what everybody else trendsetter, do. Trendsetter, tastemaker, no, influencer. Do it how oh. Keyshawn do it. Okay. No, but I do Monica, think that there's you a. You got to do it a certain way, but. Key, you I tripping, just don't if follow he, everybody and else's And that's you. Lead. That's you. But when we have this conversation, as you just acknowledged, we as this a is going to lift the butt. Like, <laughs> we as, yeah, we no, as it's, go, it's going to lift the butt, but then it comes back if he loses. That's a if whole the conversation other, yes. comes to, well, he did this, he did that, but. 
I think one of the toughest things about sports talk, just honestly, is that you're writing a book report after every chapter. Unfortunately, we don't always get to read the entire book before we decide whether or not the book's good or bad. And that's just the way, unfortunately. And I mean, we as a a general whole. No, I get it. So, you know, I I get it. It is taking an assessment at the chapter or paragraph or stanza at which we're reading. No, you went stanza. Stanza, right? Bougie. Georgetown, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was an English fancy. major, believe it or not. I hated poetry, though. Anyway, um, <laughs> we take an assessment of where we are. How sure, we'll have an English major and you hate poetry. I hated poetry. Like, this, this uh, haiku and this prose and this and that. Like, these people just trying to rhyme or they're not trying to rhyme. Like, let's move on. Tell I me still don't understand haikus. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, anyway. Yeah, we digress. Uh, so the point is, when we take an evaluation at this particular moment, I agree with you, Key. We'll wait till his entire career is established to assess the whole thing. But at this particular moment, a championship, getting to the finals in and of itself, propels him into a different class. Should he walk away with the ring, now we're having a different conversation. And if he doesn't walk away with the ring, you might be having a different conversation. It ain't no might. We will be. But is it fair to you know, just judge is. him solely on not winning a championship because so see, a championship – requires for you to have a lot of the pieces fall in place. I tell you what, pieces will not fall in place better or more smoothly than, than they year. have this year. Oh, yeah. So There's if no it don't happen this year, that butt becomes a capital B. Well, if it don't happen but, this year, we got salary cap space. We'll find some. But is there, is there not some point where you transcend to the level of, as we just looked at a couple of resumes, Barkley and Ewing, that we rarely, I mean, rarely part of the conversation is they don't have a championship, right? Like, that's rarely part of the conversation. Is it rarely? Or it's does not, Shaq throw jabs every day? I was about to say. I mean, only, Shaq does, yeah. But, like. It's a jab when you playing around with Chuck. Like, I mess with him all the time about not having the ring. Me but it's not and, like. Me and Kenny joke with him because that's just part. We could do that. But overall, in general, that conversation is not had in the masses. No, it's right, not. He, he is one of the greatest all-time small forwards to ever play the game. That's the conversation. No one ever talks about he doesn't have a ring when you're having that conversation. And when I look at the resume of Chris Paul, I just wonder, not immediately because, unfortunately, the world doesn't look, work this way, but long-term, I wonder if he transcends into that, even if he never wins a championship. I mean, remembering the last time the Suns were in the finals was with Barkley, right? Like, so, 29 years like, ago. If, if there's a spot here where you can say, okay, maybe he ends up being a little like Barkley, a little like Ewing, his greatness transcended everything, and just getting this team – to a championship will be remembered with such tip of the hat grace that maybe it changes long term some of that conversation. Yeah, the, if in fact he does not win it in the short term, people say, "Damn, he didn't get a championship." But thirty years from now, it would just Chris Paul was a hell of a player. Championship conversation won't even come up, just like I, Charles Barkley. I, I, I when Charles Bar- when Charles Barkley first retired, it was like, "Damn, he didn't win a championship." Now, when you're talking about Chuck, we don't. It's, it's just I, not a conversation. I, I still think it comes up though. Now, I. I would agree with Only you. Only with people like Shaq because Shaq no, no, no. just had I don't, fun with I don't think I – think I think in the larger context it's, it comes into – okay. When you think of LeBron, MJ, right, like it, rings, everybody's still chasing the rings, whatever, Kobe in that conversation, the rings. You can never deny what the guys that we just listed who have not won championships, what they did at their positions and what it meant to the league. But I do think when we start having basketball great conversations, there's no way to escape some of the most notable names who were excellent but still didn't come up with a championship. I just don't think you, you ever you, escape that entirely. To have, you're going to have that conversation, but even when you talk about a John Stockton, for instance, you never you talk about his passing, his Hall of Fame, his Olympics. You don't talk about – he didn't win a championship. You, that's not the headline key, but it's never not part of the – like, it might be the last thing you say, but it's going to get said. We talked – we said it – we agreed yesterday that, that the but Ooh, is pass. always there. 
Ooh, that was that so is, nice. I mean, I think that's the interesting <laughs> thing, Monica. When you're having these debates, do you, like I don't feel like I say that about Stockton's another good example. Stockton, Barkley. I'll doing, say it about Carl Malone. Some guys just became cultural phenomenons that were viewed differently than, you know, and, and I think Barkley is part of that. And I'm not sure what makes Chris Paul a cultural phenomenon, and I don't know if it happens short-term or long-term. I just wonder when you think about his greatness if we're going to have to couch it differently. Well, we ain't going to have to worry about C- that anyway because he's going to win. See, I do agree with that. But in particular, I think CP3's – well, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but however many playoff games he's had and how close he's been and it took him 16 years to get here, that in particular I think will stand out when we have this conversation. All right. You can tune in, by the way, tomorrow to an interleague battle as the Yankees host the Mets. Coverage begins at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Much more on that series coming at you next. KJZ on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hey, it's Greeny, and the Bucks are on the brink. A Game 5 win at home. They're one win away from making it to the NBA Finals, where the Phoenix Suns await. We'll talk about that and more Friday with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Milton fires a pass inside to Lopez, who turns and puts the hook in. A 30-point delivery for Brooke Lopez. Wow. And have they all been in the paint? I don't remember anything outside it. He is dominated in there. 116-102 bucks, two minutes to go. John Barry and Mark Kestershire on the call on ESPN Radio Sports Center right now. Even without two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Nucks, the Bucks nucked. See, I blew it. I tried, Monica. I tried to get cute, and then I didn't get it. The Bucks nucked. Get it? All right. They beat the Hawks 123-112 in Game 5. They take a 3-2 series lead. Milwaukee, one win away from their first NBA Finals appearance in nearly half a century. Game 6, Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio. Let's move over to some NFL news. The NFL just passing out fines all over the place. They find the Jags, the 49ers, and the Cowboys for organized team activities violations, according to our very own Adam Schefter. Other penalties include the NFL Management Council ordering the 49ers to cancel the week, the first week of OTAs last month and write, we will not break any more rules, 3,272 times on a chalkboard. <laughs> the Jags were fined $200,000. Coach Urban Meyer fined $100,000. Ooh, got in trouble. 
Let's get over to some Wimbledon news here. 17-year-old American Coco Golf advanced to the third round of Wimbledon with a 6-4-6-3 win. With the win Saturday, she would be the fifth woman in the U.S. Uh, sorry, in the Open era to reach the round of 16 at each of their first two Wimbledon appearances. 59% of golf's first serves have gone unreturned this tournament. That's the best mark by any woman left in the tournament. Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explore. Changing the way you buy home insurance now. You can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80. Monica McNutt, Jason Fitz, sitting next to Keyshawn. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Speaking of the Goodyear Hotline, we're going to go straight there as there is a ton of Major League Baseball to get to. So to get some of that expertise, we're joined by our very own Buster Olney. Buster, thanks so much for the time this morning. Happy Fourth of July weekend. We appreciate you, my friend. It's Yankees-Mets Subway Series. It begins today in New York. There's no Jacob deGrom in this series. So what should we be watching for? Two teams on edge, which is really kind of fun. You know, two New York teams on edge. The Mets uh, have not been playing well, uh, despite the fact that the the Nationals started slowly. The Braves have had all kinds of injury issues. The Phillies have generally not played that well. The Mets haven't been able to separate themselves. Uh, You know, losing last night in Atlanta 4-3. Washington's coming on like gangbusters. So you get a sense that for the Mets, it's about – Kind of revving up their offense, and obviously with the Yankees, the question for the next 28 days is going to be, are they going to be buyers or are they going to be sellers? Uh, Hal Steinbrenner, their owner, ratcheting up the pressure on the players yesterday, saying he thinks that the struggles of the team, you know, that's on the shoulders of the players. So it's kind of a cool moment if you're, you know, watching this series that you have two teams on edge and, uh, you know, it'll play out. Uh, in the back pages of the tabloids all weekend. You're right, Buster. How uh, the managing partner of the Yankees did say that it's basically on the players. He's not going to blame management at all. Take a listen at this. Make no mistake about it. My opinion, the majority of the responsibility, whether it's the responsibility of, of inconsistent offense or bad base running, etc., that responsibility lies with the players. They're the ones on the field. Right. Uh, They're a group of very talented professional athletes that are playing this game at the highest level in the world. They need to fix this problem. They need to fix the problem because everyone, including our fan base, rightfully so, has had enough, quite frankly. It's enough. So when you hear that, Buster, what what are you thinking? Because you actually hear for a second time now. Yeah, and, and first and foremost, um, you know, I think Hal's perspective is, look, that the, basically the Yankees brought back the same group of players. You know, the core is the same as the, the team that almost made it to the World Series in 2017. And so internally, they don't understand why uh, they haven't gotten more production out of Glaber Torres. They don't understand, you know, why uh, they, they haven't been in a position to have a better offense than they have. Uh, on the other hand, I would say, uh, and he completely backed Brian Cashman, the general manager, manager Aaron Boone, I, I don't think it's a team that's put together very well. It's incredibly right-handed. It's not very athletic, which is why yesterday they went and traded for center fielder Tim LeCastro. is kind of a stopgap now that they don't have Aaron Hicks. Um, so I, I do think that uh, while the players, yes, they're, they're going to bear the brunt of the responsibility the front office, I think, has not put together uh, or has put together a far less than uh, than, than perfect team. 
uh, Buster, if if Hal woke up in the middle of the night with a broke out in a sweat and decided that he's going to come into Yankee Stadium the next day and make a decision on management, who would it be though? Would it be Brian Cashman or would it be Aaron Boone? First and foremost, Key, I think that decision that, uh, you know, middle of the night, waking up in a sweat, that's not going to come to the end of the year, um, at the end of the baseball season. I do think if they don't make the playoffs, you'll see a period of reassessment. And that conversation is going to start with Brian Cashman, who is essentially part of the Steinbrenner family. He's been in that job since 1998. Uh, But will Hal Steinbrenner wake up in October uh, if the Yankees don't make the playoffs and say, you know what, we're looking for a different voice? Um, A lot of people have asked this summer, you know, will Aaron Boone be in trouble? You're the fans chanting at Yankee Stadium, you know, fire Boone. That's not the key question. The key question is whether or not Hal Steinbrenner has confidence in Brian Cashman. If Cashman is brought back as general manager and he's got one year left on his contract after this year, I think Aaron Bono will continue to be the manager for years to come. We're talking to ESPN Baseball Insider Buster only on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. So, Buster, uh, important story right now around Major League Baseball. Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer being investigated for sexual assault in California. He's slated to start on Sunday. This is what Dave Roberts said about the situation. As of now, we're kind of in the middle of uh, letting – the commissioner's office, Major League Baseball, handle this. Uh, it's in their hands. And right now, our, uh, it, our our kind of direction was to just move forward, not do anything as far as the player and Trevor. And so our plan is he is going to start on Sunday. Does that trouble you at all? That he's my pitch? Well, there's nothing that it, it's actually right. It's out of our hands. Um, you know, regardless of what direction the organization want to do, it's uh, it's something that, this is what has to happen, and so it's out of everyone's hands. Buster, what do you make of the Dodgers' decision to leave this to Major League Baseball? Well, and first and foremost, it's not out of the Dodgers' hands. You know, they can choose who takes the mound on Sunday. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they've been trying to gather information on this, but it's clear that they've made the decision to defer to MLB which is looking for answers. You know, they've talked to Trevor. They've reached out to uh, the woman in this case, uh, and, and they're trying to get more information. I, the question is whether or not, uh, you know, you're going to have a decision on, on, uh, on the, on the uh, legal investigation that's going on with Trevor. I don't know if that's going to be resolved in time. Uh, one option baseball does have uh, under its uh, policy is that they could essentially place Trevor on administrative leave, um, and that would not surprise me. They could do that for seven days to buy more time to get more answers. Buster, as always, we appreciate your expertise, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, folks. See ya. Mm-hmm. So Thanks, I, I want to I start by stressing the details in this situation are very graphic. We're not going to give them on radio. We don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. If you want to see the details, read the details, go to ESPN.com. Everything there is fully reported, and you can see some of the information at hand. The question that it raises through all of this, you know, Key, this is never an easy conversation to have, but realistically for the Dodgers as an organization, in your mind, should Bauer start on Sunday? No, he he shouldn't. Um, I think just based on the information, much like you said on ESPN.com and what I know, from our baseball uh, experts and things of that nature, you certainly, as an organization, want to do the right thing. Um, you know, we're on Friday. The start is scheduled for Sunday. If you could have a conversation with him and let him know, hey, the severity of these situations, 
and the magnitude right now. Why don't you take some time off so we could get all the facts, gather all the information so things don't become a major distraction to you on the mound as well as, as us as a team. And if there's a seven-day period of administrative leave to gather all the facts and more information comes in, then you exercise that if you are the Dodgers. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if they did. I mean, we're only – it's Friday. I know it sounds really close, but Sunday is two days away. And so you could still move him away from him starting based on everything. Monica, how would you handle it if you were the Dodgers? This isn't a conversation in my mind. It goes back to the conversation we had earlier in terms of all that happened under the Washington football team organization. If sports leagues, sports teams are serious about this stuff, you eliminate – the room for confusion. I'm not saying that you condemn Bauer. There still is investigations going on, all of that good stuff. But you say, hey, we can't make it any more clear that we are not pleased with all of this outside of sitting you down. Like, we just, we just need to stop. We need to pause. We will reevaluate once we get some answers and some due diligence is done. This should not be muddy. It's, it's very simple to me. I mean, we are hollering. Again, I am not saying one way or the other what happened. We are, it's pending investigation. But the team can make it very clear that they don't tolerate even the thought of. Nah, you're in timeout. It's one, Step away. It's, it's one game of yeah. pitching, though, right? I mean, it's like. Let's just gather all. Let's gather all the information. Take a time out. Yeah, take a time out. It's cool. It's fine. You, you don't have to pitch for us on Sunday. We got a bunch of pitchers. We got. I and think to, that's a that's a good and important point here. Like I look at some of these things and say, okay, best case, worst case, worst case, right? If you look at the worst case scenario out of all of this, if, if Trevor Bauer, if these accusations turn out to be true, and the the Dodgers through any portion of this and put him on the mound, I mean, there, there are going to be a lot of questions about why and how, and, and they bring all of this attention. The best case scenario here in my mind is you just let him step away. He is a, a human yeah, being, yeah. can get his life in order if that's necessary. Uh, he, they don't put somebody on the mound that's a monster if the accusations, are, again, I'll say loudly, we we're all know. agreeing that we're going to let the right. process and play so, out. So while it plays out, why, step not, off. why not just let him This you know, isn't step a conversation. Away? And you, to me, the Roberts sound like, dude, just no. And, and on top of that, what is he going to be on the mound anyway for you on Sunday? You can't tell me that this is not something playing in his mind. You can't tell me that. Um, and, and, and so you you just like Monica said, there's a timeout for you, buddy. Just Let's just timeout. there's no there's no we'll just chill. But you got to get him to understand it. However you do it, whether it's Dave Roberts, a skipper, or whether it's it's uh, the general manager, whoever it is, whether it's Clayton Kershaw, his teammate, pitching mate, whoever. You just you, – you, won't you chill for right it's now? It's too messy. And I, I still keep – I keep looking at teams saying, how many times are teams in every sport going to handle this the wrong way it's too- before everybody step, takes a step back and says, hey, guys, there's, there are pretty simple solutions. Exactly. They don't have anything to do with wins and losses, but there are pretty simple solutions. But and- you also – you know, you also got to understand, Fitz and Monica, too, from a team organization, they have people – that they have to answer to and get advice from legal, legal wise. So it's a process. It's not overnight. It's not, you did it. You're off. It's not, it's like, we got to let it give us a couple days to figure it out. But what I'm saying is speed up that process. Couldn't they they win if they said, not win. That's a terrible word to use. I take it. I apologize. No, couldn't the Dodgers 
better represent themselves if they said, hey, we're doing our due diligence, and until we complete that due and diligence, part of the process, he's going to step I off. Think, I, step I, off. I, yeah. I think that's coming, though. I think that's, that's coming. I think as they continue to gather the information, again, Sunday's two, two and a half days away. So it's a long ways away. So between now and Sunday morning or whenever he's scheduled to pitch, they can make that decision. I just think tonally they win a little bit. If they say, hey, while we're getting the information, he's going to be away from the team, exactly. and then we'll bring him back. We're going to get into much more of what to expect this weekend. We'll get back to some of the fun around sports, but we, we'll never avoid the tough co- topics. But we'll get back to some of the fun and joy next. KJZ, uh, ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Let's take Stump in New York real quick. Stump? This one of the best shows in the history of um, television. Thank you, so, you know you got KD. Y'all hear that out there, bosses? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. If you missed our Major League Baseball weekend preview with Buster Only last segment, check it out on the KJZ podcast. Weekend Major League Baseball preview brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma money. money. Progress starts here. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. We're basically everywhere. Monica McNutt, Jason Fitz, sitting with Keyshawn Johnson. And Keyshawn's air fiddling, I don't know. All right, so now all of a sudden we uh, you hear the music and you know that means we are headed into football talk on this 4th of July weekend. Uh, there was a, a question raised earlier, and it was really a conversation. We were having about quarterbacks and young quarterbacks that uh, Key believed in coming into the league. And uh, Key, you mentioned earlier Justin Herbert. Bam, top of that list last year in the draft as the guy that you really had the highest on your board above all the others. Yeah. And that you, you made a comment, you know, quickly in that moment about you know, had he come out a year earlier, he would have been the likely been the number one or two overall pick, depending on what happened with Kyler Murray and the love affair, uh, obviously, that existed there with Cliff Kingsbury. But that 
is sort of a what-if moment for Giants fans because let's remember, in that draft, they took Daniel Jones. Maybe we'll see how that works out. Justin Herbert wasn't available to them. In the most recent ESPN.com ranking of NFL rosters, the Giants are the 19th best roster. Would they be higher on the list if today Justin Herbert was their starting quarterback and not Daniel Jones? I think so. I think so. When you look at it, though, you go back to the Arizona Cardinals getting rid of Josh Rosen, signing up Cliff Kingsbury, who had a love affair with Kyler Murray all the way back since middle school, decided, hey, he's my guy to run my offense. So if Justin Herbert comes out that year, he's now in the second quarterback instead of Daniel Jones. This is perfect for the Giants. Although, you know, you can play hypotheticals however you want. Maybe somebody moves up to get him, whatever, but that's not the case right now what we're talking about. means that the Giants would have Justin Herbert. Based on what we saw from Justin Herbert in a short period of time, the Giants would certainly move from that 19th spot somewhere in that top, I don't know, maybe 14-ish sort of, maybe 13 in that window, so they would have a better roster because of the young quarterback. I don't see young quarterbacks that come in and do what he did his rookie year, then fall off a cliff. It just doesn't... Tell me somebody that has. Monica... Fitzy, have in, right now in your mind, have you seen a young quarterback come in and take the NFL by storm as a rookie and then all of a sudden just disappear? I got one. I mean, sort of. Give me one. Non-injury related. Non-injury like that, related. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Non-injury related. Say, Health, uh, health-wise. What, we're taking RG3 was the – I was just the, about to say my yeah. home team. Well, injury, it? though. You, yeah. You know, I, injuries, yeah. I'm talking about fully healthy. They usually continue to grow and get better and better. But we've seen quarterbacks like Daniel Jones come into the league and it's like, get a seatbelt on. Oh, it's a bumpy ride. It's a bumpy ride. Then, oh, boom. No longer in the league. <laughs> That's what happens. I know. It's I, like a roller coaster. That was a where, great demonstration of a roller coaster, by the you, way. You're jumping around and it's in the boom. Where guys like Justin Herbert, they come in and they smooth. It's not clunky. It's smooth. It just starts to continue to rise. And you go, yeah, that dude, he's he going to be special. And that's what you see in him. Monica, where are you on roller coasters? And also, where are you, more importantly, on, uh, on, on Justin Herbert? I'm in on roller coasters, and it's hard to argue what Key is saying. I mean, Justin Herbert, the, the year he had, not only do the numbers bear out that he's got a very bright future, but remember how he got inserted into the starting lineup? Like, that wasn't even the plan. Here, let me stick you in the ribs. Oh, my God. Let me stick you in the ribs and see if it. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to deny that. You, it would seem that the foundation looks strong to build upon. So I'm risk-averse at the quarterback posi- position. Always have been. Uh, that's what happens when you grow up watching Todd Marinovich and, you know, uh, Todd Wilson and Jamarcus Russell. I mean, the list goes on and on for the Raiders. So I'm the first to admit I, I try to wait as long as possible. So for me, before I'm going to say sweeping that a, a quarterback is great or terrible, I like a three-year sample size. Like, that's just sort of the, 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 the general, like, that's – go ahead. this dude – you don't with this guy, you can see that he is going in the right direction. You can totally see it. It's not. It, it, you can just as long as he stays healthy. What do you, what we'll be about talking say, about him. We'll be talking about him in ten years. Well, I think that's the, the the point. The hard part for the Chargers is that they're a very good roster every year, and they haven't been able to put it together to get a ton of wins of late. They make a coaching change this year. I, I think things are really lined up. Not only is Justin Herbert good. 
Justin Herbert has a lot of talent around him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's hard for me to look at that and not say, wow, what a great situation. I don't know that I necessarily say what a great situation for Daniel Jones. And you talk a lot about how it matters, the, the placement for where somebody is. You know, are they going to get the right pieces around them, the right scheme, the right coaching? So I, I, I am always a little hesitant to put somebody, you know, from one bakery into another and say it'll be a great cake. But you're right. I mean, it's hard not to see what Justin Herbert's doing he, and say he, it's special. And I'll give you some cupcakes. I'll give you a cake. I'll give you a pie. I'll give you everything. When Pie's you, trash. Bro. When you take – Pie's delicious. What's wrong with you? When you take a young quarterback and you surround him around talent like you just mentioned, they're going to flourish or they're not any good at the quarterback spot. When you have that talent around people, you take Sam – Sam Donald didn't have any damn talent. So you're not going to see anything. When you look at Mark Sanchez, he had talent around him. They went to the AFC Championship game. They just couldn't figure out how to advance the offense to help them maximize his potential. So eventually he fell out of favor and everything else went south. The Buffalo Bills, they didn't have a lot of talent around Josh Allen. Brandon Beam said, you know what? I need to go get this. I need to go get me that. And then they put it around. And now we're talking about an MVP candidate. Go back, though. So your point is that the situation in New York was not on par with what Herbert was put in. Absolutely not. Not right. Now it is. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. But so now Daniel saying, Jones is so around my, a bunch of talent. But if I you, got you. If you had put if Justin had Herbert in that flop, situation right. without the – like, it's still going to be up to Gettleman to build that roster, right? Yeah, so yes, like, but we're talking about right now, today. We're okay. not talking about then. We're talking about where would the roster this is be all today? Warped on no, this no, I, I think anyway. no. I, it's a good, it's a good point, and you know, I agree with you totally. If you have a young quarterback you believe in in the NFL, you have an obligation to surround he, them he, with as many weapons as possible to he, see if they're. He, good. Here's one for you: who just got a hundred and some million dollars, and we argued for eight months that he would or would not be paid. That Prescott, did you see him as a rookie? Did you see the talent that was around him as a uh-huh. rookie? Then what did they go out and do? They went out and yeah. stole a, a wide receiver from your Oakland Raiders and Amari Cooper to take him to the Dang, next level. Key, why you do that? It's Friday. No, I'm Be just nice. saying to no, take him to the next level. You're right. I think that's and what you have to do. And now he's the highest paid quarterback or one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the National Football Secure League. Secure the bag. I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that's what great – Great minds in roster construction put weapons around young receiver, or young quarterbacks. All right, we've talked a lot about NIL, how it'll change college football, but what about college hoops? We'll talk about it next. KJZ on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.